Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast with me, Joshua Patterson. I'm passionate about sharing the stories of courage and resilience. Each week, I will be interviewing extraordinary people from all different walks of life who saw past their statistics, who turned personal moments of adversity into strength. My hope is that this podcast can inspire you to step outside of your limits and achieve things you thought never possible. Welcome to Limitless. Before we crack on with the show, I want to give a shout out to the partners of today's podcast, Thriver. I genuinely believe that really understanding what's going on with your body can empower you to feel your best self. So I've been following Thriver for a while and love that they really endorse this belief with their easy at-home blood tests that are analyzed by the NHS labs. I recently did one of their blood tests after feeling like I'd been lacking energy and within 48 hours of sending off my test, I was given a personalized report and discovered that I had low vitamin B12 levels. Not only was the test super simple to do from the comfort of my own home, I was also offered dietary suggestions and evidence-based advice to help with increasing my levels of vitamin B12, which has been invaluable. If you'd like to keep on track with what's going on inside your body, I'd recommend checking out these guys for yourself by visiting thriver.co and entering the code LIMITLESS at checkout for £30 off your first Thriver kit. Thank you again for your support, Thriver. Someone who knows the systematic issues of knife crime all too well is Richard Riakpour. Stabbed at the age of 15 during a mugging, Richard has turned his victim status into something that demands respect by coming the WBA Intercontinental Champion title holder. Richard now uses his public presence to inspire young people out of gang culture and knife crime by leading workshops in schools across the UK to give the kids an opportunity to find other role models. Richard. Josh, how you doing? Brother, thank you so, <laughs> so much for coming on. Listen, it's a pleasure. Honestly. It's a pleasure. When um, I found your page and your story, I had to reach out to you. And actually, an individual like yourself that is so busy and has so much going on, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you getting back to me. Because it was a story that I just wanted to share with so many people because mm-hmm. I just, I find you so inspiring. And I think you. what you're doing and what you're achieving is a wonder. And I think what's so important about it is, is that what you're achieving isn't impossible. And I think that's the message that you try to deliver with what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want communities from all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities to be inspired and, and, and start their own journey. That's that's the aim. That's the aim. And I always tell everybody, the position that I'm in now, it came through hard work and determination, no talent. It's just pretty much an obsession and, and just a will to change my, my um, circumstance. Most people will know you as a professional boxer. <laughs> but to those that are unaware of who you are, can you just detail who you are, where you come from? So my name is Richard Rackpour and I grew up in South East London, Wharf Road and around the Peckham and Brixton area. Growing up in my area was, you know, pretty difficult. Grew up in low income housing and the environment was pretty shabby. I ended up getting myself involved in all different types of gang culture 
and I ended up getting stabbed at the age of 15, nearly lost my life, had to make a U-turn and I just kind of realised that, you know, this lifestyle, there's only two ways it ends, either life imprisonment or death. Um, I'm one of the few lucky ones out of all of my friends to, to be in my position. Um, I grew up with people that died. I grew up with people that are in jail for life um, as we speak. A few of them actually. And it's a, it's just a blessing to be here. Believe me when I tell you that. And that's why I'm, every time you see me, I'm always smiling because I know things could have been very different. Let's just put it that way. What do you think is so appealing to gang culture? The fact that you just sat there and said, most of my friends are dead or in prison. It's definitely materialism. That's one thing. That's a big thing. Tension, power. Tension from women. Obviously certain type of women. And just the whole type of interest in in gangsterism, if you would. I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of things. And then it just kind of leads you down this path and before you even even realize you're walking down this path, it's like pretty much too late. You're already on your way. By the time you become conscious of it, it's like too late almost. It's really difficult to kind of describe, but yeah. But I think that's why your voice is such a powerful one because all it takes is just one individual to hear what you say and it broadens their horizons. You know, as you said, if you're born in Peckham and all you've known is Peckham and all you're surrounded by is gang culture and that's all you know, if your inspirations or your role models around you are generations of gang, how are you meant to know anything else? I always say, how do you expect one to do better when he doesn't know better? It's nearly impossible. For you to do better, you need to see better. You need to be around better environments. And back then, this is all we knew. I would come at my house. I would see the local drug dealers. I would see the respect and admiration that they would get from everybody around in community. I'll see the attention they would get from the females. And it just looked like what they were doing was right. It made sense. It worked. They're not in jail. They had the f like fresh clothes, trainers, the flyest cars. And I thought, you know what? It makes sense. This, this is what I want to be like. You know, I couldn't, I didn't see any boxes, for instance. That's why we kind of just got ourselves involved in this type of lifestyle. And, and then there was a whole system within this type of lifestyle. As silly as it may sound, <laughs> it's, it's, for you to, to gain this type of credibility this, and to um, build your street credibility, it's like you have to um, have a lot of pride, ego. It, we were so entrenched and deep into this type, type of lifestyle. We didn't see anything else. Nobody could understand us. Our parents couldn't understand us. They didn't understand why we do we did what we did. But it was just the whole system and we were building up our credibility, etc. And we always refer to it as this poverty mindset because that's all it is. You think there's no other way, but this is the only way. But it's until you break free out of that. And breaking free is not easy. With me, it took, because I was quite hard of hearing, I was stubborn, I had to feel. Some people can't hear. They have to go through certain things and it wakes them up. And that's when they say, nope, this is not going to work. I'm going to get myself in serious trouble. Let me change my life around. Once you kind of make that decision, you just you start to see different things. You know, you just kind of just focus on it in your mind. And that's all it is. You just have to focus on where you want to be. 
and it starts from there. Where do you want to be in five years? And you realize that for me to get to destination B from A, there's so much things that you have to change. But does that come from within or do you find you need that inspiration? Because what I'm so interested in with your story is when you're in an environment like that and that's all you've ever known, how do you one day have that epiphany where you're like, I've got to change this? Did you have an inspiration or a role model in your youth that, that inspired that mindset or is that something that you inherited off your own back? To be honest, it was definitely something that I inherited off my own back. I wish I had a role model, someone that came from my type of background to speak speak life into me. But unfortunately, I didn't have that. That's why I take on a role now and do that very thing because I I always believed that if I had somebody that came from a similar background to me and I saw they were, you know, quite successful, they had material things because that my, that's what my mindset was back then and you know they look like they're doing pretty good I would follow I would take heed to what they had to say it, it could have changed it could have changed me you know you've gone from the streets but then you've polished I guess the talent that you had on the street and you've put it into something more productive which yeah. then enables you to voice the change to be honest, I, th I think you're right. You know, I think it does go hand in hand. Without me reaching a certain level of success, I wouldn't have that much of a voice to speak to people, maybe. The platform that boxing has given me has given me a great opportunity to add, add value to the world. That means more to me than any title, any title. And believe me when I tell you, I want to win every title. You know, that's my passion, my ambitions. But to be walking down the streets and have a random person come to say, Richard, uh, you know what, what you said on this day, you changed my life, you said this to me, this is what I'm going to do, this is what it's really about. From the life that you lived, where you've openly said things like cars, clothes, women, you know, these were things that, that, that demanded respect, that was power. There's not a lot of difference actually within boxing when you look at it, when you look at like the Mayweathers, right? Yeah. It's all very flash, it's loud, yeah. it's provocative. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you haven't fallen back into that trap? You know what, Josh? I, I believe that it kind of derived from me kind of sitting down, meditating, and, and finding, finding out what really makes me happy. I lived that type of lifestyle with the clothes and all the materialistic kind of um, things. And I said to myself, this doesn't make me happy, Josh. Like, this is what makes me happy. It's like being able to add value to somebody, being able to to win titles and win matches, work hard and achieve and accomplish things that people believed was unachievable. But just breaking stereotypes, all that, that's that's what makes me happy. I love it. I love the the look on people's faces when they think, wow, like, how did you do it? And once you understand what makes you happy, you realise that it's okay to be you. It's okay to just do you might you might class what you do as, as weird. You might like going for walks. You might do this and that might give you that type of utmost happiness. But I'm telling you that you will live a longer and fulfilling life by just being yourself. And you realize that a society that puts these things, puts a value on these things and make you think this is going to give you the, the utmost happiness. But really it's not. Really, it's all about, you know, sometimes just sitting down, 
taking taking a day off, watching your favorite series, talking to loved ones, family, seeing family, and that's real happiness. That will give you a longer fulfilling life. And when I came to that understanding, that's when I that's what changed me, and I realized that's that's not me wearing gold watches and this. I don't mind. I could wear one, but it doesn't define me. You know, I could put it down tomorrow. I feel like, unfortunately, as a society, we've inherited this mentality where everything's on show, right? And that is power. But I think, well, is it power though? Like money doesn't buy you happiness. It buys you freedom. Mm -hmm. And I just want more people to know that because I feel like too often in life, and it doesn't matter whether it's sports, any career path, the, the focus seems to be the money. Because the problem is when you earn 100,000, and I think you'll understand this, People don't go, God, I used to earn 20,000, now I'm earning 100. If Different. I save that money, you know, I've, I've built myself some security. Yeah. It's all relative. You end up spending more money because you make more money. Absolutely. You know, how many people do you know from Peckham that, that came from nothing are probably earning an abundance of money, but rather than going, wow, I need to remember my roots that I had absolutely nothing. I need to save that money up. They probably blow everything that they earn. Quickly, quickly. And this is what I don't understand, but you seem to have, altered that mentality and that's one that I think more people need to inherit it's so important it's so important and it just goes back to to what you said everybody just feels like they need to maintain this type of image and and lifestyle and you want people to to want you to want to be around you for you want to love you for you and that's it not because of this 18k Rolex I got on my wrist you know and it enhances your image too. So I want to be around Richard. No, no, no. It's just because this guy is pretty cool. I love what he represents. A quick shout out to one of today's sponsors before we continue with the show. The potential of the human brain astonishes me and our ability to learn across our lifetime means so much to me. With every new skill we learn, a limitation is overcome. This is why I am so happy to partner with Skillshare on today's episode. An online learning community taught by the world's best practitioners. Skillshare hosts thousands of online classes that can help sharpen your mind, whether it's picking up an online course in creative writing or honing your entrepreneurial skills. To browse all of their classes, head to skillshare.com limit. I personally love that Skillshare gives me access to courses that I otherwise wouldn't have thought possible. With new knowledge literally at my fingertips. Like the other day, I was able to learn about the DSLR lenses and lighting. Joining the millions of students turning their passions into skills with two months for free. Just head to Skillshare.com limit to claim your free trial of two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. That's skillshare.com slash limit. You voiced openly that a turning point in your life was when you were 15. Yeah. And that was when you were stabbed. Would you say that was the defining moment in your childhood where you went, all right, things have got to change now. This, is, this one, isn't the life. That was one of the moments that definitely wow. changed changed my my behavior. I saw the effect that it had it on my on my family, on my mother, on my father. And I realized I, I can't be putting my family through this stress. Like if I really love my parents, 
Would I want to put them through the stress? That's why I asked myself one day and I thought, you know what? I, I can do better. It's just that simple. That's it. That's all it took. Just one thought. I can do better. And everything started changing. It's like my actions. I just became a bit more calculated in making decisions that will benefit me in the future. That's when I just started to go to, um, started to try out boxing. And I, you know, I, I found out that I was quite talented. I had power. It just needed to be nurtured. And I just knew I, I just had to be consistent and stick at it, stick at it, stick at it. And eventually, like, it's starting to pay off now, but it took years. Mm. The problem is with people that, from my background, they want to see things straight away. Like, six months is, is a long time, but it don't work like that. You get out what you put in, and sometimes you might have to put in work for years and years and years and years, and then you'll see results. And that's how it works. And I've been boxing for 10 years, but people don't believe it. They, they see me, like, you know, on TV now, and they, they, they can't believe it. Listen, you was on the, you know, you was on the streets with me. We were going to parties together, and you're doing this. It's unbelievable. How? Like, when? When did this happen? I was always working. I was always in the gym every single day. Even when I was, I was on the streets. I was actually going to the gym on on a few of my days off, and it's starting to pay dividends now. Do you think it's because of the mentality you had? Something that I'm so interested in is that street mentality, right? Mm -hmm. To some, they may think it's a curse, but to me, I look at it and I think, is that a gift? Is that a quality that a few have, but when channeled into something positive can become one of the biggest assets you ever have? Absolutely, absolutely. It's funny because me and my brother were discussing this today, this morning. I said, Patrick, you know what's interesting? In the 80s and the 70s in America, there was a different caliber of fighters because of what they went through, the the social inequalities that they had to, you know, they had to overcome to have a voice, to to be respected. It was it was vast. So it made them stronger. It made them fight harder. That's why they always talk about the the boxes of old, because they say there's there's no other fighters like the boxers of old, like the A's, like the Tommy Hearns, the Muhammad Ali's. They don't understand, like, what's the difference? And they realise that, I realise, I come to a conclusion that it's because of the background, it's because of the the things, the adversities that they had to overcome to do what they do. And that's what made them the fight they were. And I feel like it's it's similar to me. Going through what I went through, that kind of gave me strength gave me an advantage over the other fighters. If you check my track record now, most of the fighters that I fought, especially my last three fights, I was supposed to lose. I wasn't supposed to win. These fighters have been boxing since they were kids, 10, 10 years of age. Some of them went to the Olympics. All of them won ABA titles. And me coming from, just came, came off off the streets and started boxing. And I beat these guys. So... There was even a time in my, my fight for my my title fight. This was last year. I was losing most of the rounds. And Mark Tibbs came in the corner and said, listen, Richard, you need to pick up. You need to pick up round six. I gave it everything. And he said, it's not good enough. I came back and he said, it's not good enough. Listen, Richard, you need to pick up. Do you want to go home? Do you want to throw the towel? And I was like, no way. Don't do that. And he said, okay, then show me something. And I came and I just gave it everything I got. I ended up landing a shot 
which she was forced to, to um, they were forced to throw in the towel and I ended up winning the title. So it's just that type of mentality. Never, ever, ever give up. Never. Until it's over. And this is that type of mentality that derives from the adversity of the, the street life, the street culture. So it's how do we get them to change that mindset? And I guess, like I said, it's, it's, it's having these conversations, setting up these talks within schools to hopefully enable them to just alter that. Because if you just change that thought process by percent, mm -hmm. I'm more invested, Absolutely. I think, now as a father in those communities because I look at my child and I think, gosh, she's lucky, she's blessed, she's protected, she's safe. And I want every child to feel that way. And unfortunately, not every child out there has a mother or a father or a brother or sister or a friend that are there to protect them from that. So be that one person that does make that change, you know, because how amazing would that be? You're not just Richard the boxer. You're Richard the pioneer who changed the mentality of, of, of a community, of a country, of the world to live in a happier and a better place. That's beautiful. You know, that's beautiful. You look at like the likes of Muhammad Ali, you know, and, and the political message, you know, behind him. I respect him. I admire him. But I think to myself, why do we revert so far back to that time? Is it because something's not going right in this time? Yeah. Are we not enabling the Muhammad Ali or the Joe Bloggs of this time no. to have that voice, to have that same impact. Where, where is it that we're going wrong? Is it because we criticize one another too much? too much? You know, if you look in, reverting back to knife crime, and we look at these communities, you know, and we're, we're, we're going at our, our, our mayor of London, we're going at the police, we're going at the communities, we're just blaming one another, but we're not coming up with solutions. solutions. Why can't we just sit down and come up with solutions instead of pointing the finger and saying, no, He's doing a terrible job. He should be fired. One of the things I do when I when I go to schools and speak to speak to the youth, I always have like a, a slideshow and I'll have different type of idols or different influences on, on a page and I'll ask the kids and the students, who's this? I'll have um Six Nine, I would have Lewis Hamilton, Anthony Joshua, um some singers, and I would always I always tell these um, these students, you have to be very careful who you idolize. I'm not saying don't listen to a certain rapper, but why not dig deep and search and find out what they stand for? Because there's certain people that put out a certain message, but when you find out what they do for the community, it's amazing. So find out what these people do and try to aspire to be like people that are doing more for the community that represent something a bit more profound than just some superficial type of character. And I think this is the age where we're going to see major things happening, major change occurring. If you could go back in time and you were given an opportunity to change what you did, to change maybe who you were, to change the decision the day you went to that party and you were stabbed. Yeah. Would you? You know what, Josh, I, I promise you, you see this question, that's, a, that's an amazing question, by the way. And I've always asked myself this and I've told people for years that I wish that I never experienced this type of lifestyle. I wish I grew up in a different area. I never met the people that I met and I never got involved in the things that I got involved in. And for many years, and. There was one, one day 
just what you asked me just a, a moment ago and you asked me that this type of street culture gave you this type of mindset that actually benefits you and gives you advantage over your opponents in the ring. And I realized that was actually true. Once I'm meditating, that's, it's, it's true. And it's given me more power because of the success that I've acquired so far. That when I speak, people listen and I, I'm, I have the ability to change lives. So it's only till now that I understand that. I, I believe that it was written for me to go through what I've been through and for me to have the type of effect on people now. I had to have gone through that. So now I wouldn't, I would say that I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't have changed my, what I went through. I think that it was all for a reason. And if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have this effect now. And, you know, my, my words will fall on deaf ears, I reckon. You're essentially in the past for saying that you just didn't want to be the person you are right now. Yeah. When actually, if you look at the person you are right now, you wouldn't change a thing. From a personal experience, you had to go through those adversities. Yeah. I know for a fact I probably wouldn't be as inspired or as ambitious in the challenges that I set had I not been through what I had. You know, I always think about that day where I almost took my life because of depression. And I remember how low, how isolated I was, how, how meaningless I felt in life. And I look at these challenges and people go, you're crazy. Like, what, is it possible? Is that not going to hurt? Is that not dangerous? And I go, it is, but it's constructive. And there's a, there's, a, there's a positive meaning behind it. But what I know is no matter how much pain I'm going to go through in the training leading up to that challenge and going through that challenge, I'm never going to feel the pain that I felt back, back, then. back then. So for me, this is a gift and it's a gift that I've subjected myself to. That's the thing. I didn't subject myself to mental health. It's something that I've inherited for whatever reason I don't know. And yeah. for so long, I was so quiet about it. I didn't want to talk about it because I was ashamed. And now... I shout it from the rooftops because actually the only way you can break a stigma is by showing people that don't understand how to. And the only way you can do that is by talking to them, by inspiring them and by opening up their minds to something that they didn't think possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just talking about it. Talking about it, it breaks so much barriers because it gives other people confidence to talk about it. Especially somebody with such a huge following and has that, you know, that ability to influence such um, a huge amount of people by somebody saying it, it's like wow you know Josh said it like why, why am I so afraid to come out I'm going to come out with it because if he can do it why can't I seriously because I, I can imagine this it kind of boils down to what people are going to think about you I swear to you like I lived a certain life for so long because I used to care what everybody thought about me for so long the day I said I don't care what they think about me. I'm going to do what I want to do now. Everything changed. Everything changed, Josh. And it's given me more power. It's given other people more power because they just copy. If Rich can do that, I'm going to do it as well. Rich don't care what anybody thinks about him. Look at him. Look at Josh. Josh is doing some crazy challenges. Like, if Josh can do it, why can't I want to do whatever I want now? This person's opinion is irrelevant. That person's nobody. What they think is just, it's irrelevant. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if it makes me happy, it makes me happy. It's impossible until you make it possible, right? Yeah. I'm interested to know with you, 10 years in boxing, what is your idea of success? Because you talk about wanting to be successful. 
And I'm interested into this point when you look at what you've achieved. What is the definition of success? Is success getting yourself off the streets away from gang crime? Is success living after being stabbed fatally? Or is success not even achieved yet in your eyes? You know, success to me just has changed so, so many times through the years. Before success was um, acquiring a, a large amount of money um, for many years. Financial freedom because coming from that type of background, we didn't have that financial freedom. So, you know, that's why I was fixated on that idea. Later on, it didn't change to just happiness, happiness alone, like whatever makes me feel good. I believe that's that's successful because when you're stressed out, it's the opposite, isn't it? And um, just having the power to change, to change lives, I think that's that's amazing. You know, that's, that's definitely a part of uh, my idea of success for me. I massively admire that because actually some people can be stubborn in life and, and kind of stick to what their ideology of, of success can be. And actually there's so much strength when it changes because in life things always change. It always change every, every day. You know, your, your personality, your ambition, you know, the position you may be in, mental, physical, it, it changes. It's naturally going to change. You're not going to be the same person that you were when you were 20. It's impossible. 30 or 40. It is impossible because you, you, you grow older and also you gain more life experience. How can we change or alter the mindset of these individuals to, to build a more supportive and a brighter future for all communities? We can help these individuals because these individuals are, are broken, they're vulnerable you know, it's sometimes they don't, they, they're not even conscious of what they're doing to the point where, like, like I said before, like I didn't know any better, so I couldn't do any better back then. But it's only till I was exposed to certain environments, certain people, that's when things started to change for me. And I made that decision in myself to, to change my life and, and walk on a better path. So it's just getting that understanding and, taking time out to look into what makes a certain community tick, what makes certain individuals tick. If I could put it back to you, if you look at the life that you've lived right now, boxing is at the forefront. Yeah. You, you currently are the WBA intercontinental champion. Yeah. When is it going to be enough for you and what legacy is it that you wish to leave behind? It's going to be enough for me once I become the unified world champion at least the world champion. I can leave that alone and maybe go into other things, other ventures. But I don't think this will stop though. This idea of, of bringing added value to the world, as long as I live, I will always do it. Because I think that's the most important thing. It's, it's all great achieving titles. You know, I have obviously world title ambitions, but really it's what you do when you acquire, when you acquire this power because that's all it is. But if you can use that power for good, for the greater good, that's, that's amazing. If you could go back in time or even at present, right now, what you're going through, and you could show gratitude and say thanks to those that have had a positive effect in your life, who would you like to give a shout out to? I'll say definitely my mother. <laughs> I think she's a, an amazing individual. She's taught me so much, so much. But just again, to we'll be here for another now, another another day. <laughs> also, my father as well. I think he's an amazing man. And my close friends, you know, 
I've got some close, close friends that they, they always kind of kept me on that type of rap path. And when I wanted to indulge in certain things, when when I felt like I needed to, they always just woke me up and said, Richard, just remember what you're doing and remember like the path that you're on. You don't know who you're affecting. You know, this continuing this trust me, you're going to see a lot of things happen for you. I think your life is going to be so much bigger than boxing. I think boxing is is merely a stepping stone. I think it's going to be a big point in your life, but I think there's so much more from you to come, surpassing boxing. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the time that you've given me. So hopefully cruiserweight or heavyweight champion of the world, it has been an honor and a privilege to have you Thank on, you, brother. Thank you, man. It's been an honor to be here and share my story with you guys. And uh, hopefully we see you soon. And you don't need luck. It's going to happen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Limitless. This podcast is something I'm so passionate about and would love it if you would let me know your thoughts and opinions by leaving a rating and a review in the comment section. It really helps me to spread the word. If you think this story might resonate with someone you know, then please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes every Thursday where I'll be talking to more inspirational guests who have seen past their limits. Until next time.